U.S. House tonight is still without a speaker, and today some vulgar quotes that describe the circus that unfolded. This will be like the biggest circle jerk in the history of circles, or jerks. Uh, over there, they think it's all entertainment. It's entertainment, you know? And now it's turned in, now it's turned into which dick is it gonna be? Jim Jordan losing his second chance at the speakership, and this time the margin of Republicans who voted against him is actually growing wider. So what happens now? A provocative question tonight. What about someone like Liz Cheney for Speaker of the House? Senior political analyst John Avalon is here for tonight's op-ed. Abraham Lincoln said, a house divided itself cannot stand. Well, House Republicans are now showing the wisdom of that warning. After empowering the radical right, they just can't cobble together a governing coalition. And the problem predates Kevin McCarthy. Since 2010, every GOP speaker has been pushed out or jumped because they couldn't corral what John Boehner called knuckle-draggers and anarchists in their caucus. Steve Scalise dropped out after less than a day in the race, and the current candidate, Jim Jordan, is even less suited to uniting the caucus, let alone Congress. He's more extreme, with basically no legislative record, and part of Trump's attempt to overturn the election. But there is a solution to this circular firing squad. Republicans should free themselves from the far right and put forward a candidate who could win just enough Democratic votes to become Speaker. The center needs to grow a spine. Look, I get it. Colleagues are always saying I'm trying to bring Aaron Sorkin scripts to life in a capital that's far closer to Game of Thrones. Fair enough. Cynicism passes for wisdom in Washington for a reason. But this is a rare opportunity to break the hyperpartisan doom loop with a speaker who leads not based on ideological agreement, but trust and mutual respect. What a concept, right? Now, maybe it's empowering interim speaker Patrick McHenry or Tom Cole of Oklahoma, Nebraska's Don Bacon, Wisconsin's Mike Gallagher, Steve Womack from Arkansas, or Texas Mike McCall, or even Liz Cheney. Look, I get that this is a long ball, but it's not mission impossible. In fact, it just might be the most practical path forward for the country. John, you know, I admire your optimism. Dreamer. But you know what? One of those names that you put out there, Tom Cole, he voted for Jim Jordan today. What makes you think the Democrats are going to back any of these Republicans? Because there have been bipartisan talks going on in the background since last weekend. Speaker you know, Hakeem Jeffries wrote an op-ed saying there, well, you would support a bipartisan coalition. This is a nascent movement, to be sure. It's a plan C or D. But someone like Tom Cole has been mentioned behind the scenes because he is respected across the aisle. Is he conservative? You bet. But is he seen as trustworthy? Well, that too. And that would help. So I'm going to largely agree with you, but I want to offer a different name. So Liz Cheney, as much as I would love for that sure. to happen, I don't know if she'd get a single vote in the current House Republican conference. Congressman Will Hurd, who just dropped out yep. of the presidential race, supported by many Democrats, beloved in the House Republican conference. If you're going to put forward a un, you know, unanimity oh. ticket, that might be it. But listen, the reality is the only way I see this being solved soon is interim speaker Patrick McHenry being there essentially as a caretaker, somebody to just keep the functions of government going. And he can do a lot of that without even a formal vote. So, Alyssa, I actually want to play something. This is you just a few days ago. Take a listen. Oh! Forbid something like a natural disaster happens that requires an emergency declaration by Congress or some sort of business that needs to be taken care of in the next week. And lo and behold, you were absolutely correct. That now Congress is here, there's nobody running the place. And hey, it might be a Patrick McHenry, but who would have thought Patrick McHenry would be the guy to potentially save the day here as an interim 
more empowered Speaker Pro Tem? Look, the world's on fire, the House is on fire, those two things are in conflict. The problem with the interim thing is that we could end up having a cycle of interim speakers. We could have, you know, he might not even last the full year, and that's why it's important to get a stable coalition. But at the very least, yeah, that kind of balanced funding, Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan, border, uh, not having the government shut down in November, regular order. These are all reasonable things that could be the basis of bipartisan cooperation. Well, in that moment, in the clip that you played, I remember thinking, you know, a hurricane, something that might happen that we just expect in the n normal course of events. I did not think our closest ally in the Middle East, Israel, being in a state of war with Hamas. This is something that if that is not a sobering moment for mm -hmm. House Republicans to get their act together and decide they need to put rank partisanship aside and just try to do something unifying, I don't know what is. I mean, it's so far, it has not been. It has not all. been. And I think, if I may say, I think that Jim Jordan is kind of taking a play from Kevin McCarthy's book of, I'm going to fight it and I'm going to keep going back for as many rounds. I worked for Jim Jordan. I know him well. That is in his nature to be a fighter. But the votes are fundamentally not there. Without massive concessions that I think would irreparably damage the House, I don't see how anyone could get 217 votes. And the idea that he could lean into the crisis by saying, we're in crisis, please elevate me, when the Congress didn't unite after the attack on the Capitol, which Liz Cheney directly implicated Jim Jordan in. So he's yeah. the wrong messenger so, for this moment. Alyssa, you used to work for the Freedom Caucus. Yeah. You know this as well as anyone. If any Republican signs on to a compromise with Democrats, what is that primary going to look like? For, for I'm talking anyone, not just the, the ones in ruby red Trump district. Listen, it would be a disaster. So there's 18 Republicans who won in districts that Joe Biden won. I think some of those are starting to think, is it worth it? Should I end up supporting a Speaker Jeffries or try to come up with a consensus candidate? But it all but guarantees that they will be primaried by someone to the right who then, by the way, Republicans, will then lose to a Democrat in the general election. Mm -hmm. This, what is going on right now, is jeopardizing the House Republican majority and this is the fundamental structural yeah. problem, right? Yeah. It's these hyper-partisan districts that have been drawn, not enough competitive for general elections. Everyone's looking over their shoulder, afraid to lose a primary. And it's also the threats that are being put forward. We were talking earlier. Yeah. I mean, Mary Bill Mix Miller from Iowa said that she voted against Jordan the second time and got credible death threats. That's not the way, that's the way our politics is being run right now. The extremes are tr so empowered that they're threatening members if they don't do what they want. And that's not helping. Members' phones are ringing off the hook yeah. with uh, angry constituents. It's, it's getting pretty messy over on Capitol Hill. John and Alyssa, thank you both very much. Yeah.